You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Rimmon podcast. Hey, well, good morning, everyone. I want to say welcome to those of you that are in here. And obviously, we're going to have a bunch of people that are joining us online today. And really quick, for those of you that are going to be joining us online, can I encourage you? I know you probably are trying to watch this at the same time. You're trying to do some dishes. Maybe you're still in your underwear. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, right now, but uh, here's what I would ask. I would ask that you would uh, just take the time, set aside everything that you have going on and that you would engage, uh, that you would listen to what we're going to talk about today, uh, beginning with just a prayer that I would like to pray for us this morning before we even start. And so uh, would you bow your heads and would you pray with me? Father, um, maybe more than any other time, uh, maybe in our life, maybe in any time in the in just the recent history of our life, God, we are probably looking to you in a new way. Father, with all the things that are uncertain that are happening around us, not really sure how it's going to necessarily affect our life, our, our work, Father, I pray that you would allow us to, to feel your presence right now, that you would give us what you can only give us, and that is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Uh, God, that you would impart wisdom on us. God, that you would, you would help us to see through a different lens. And maybe in a time in our life where we have a, would have a tendency to focus inwardly, God, would you, would you give us a spirit of focusing outwardly that we would begin to think of others maybe more than we have here recently. God, that this would be an opportunity for us to truly deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow you. And so, God, we just pray for your presence with us this morning, and we pray this in Christ's name. Everybody said? Weird. Can we just be honest? Like, crazy, weird, unpredictable. Like, what do we do from here? Uh, As I've approached this morning, uh, obviously I had a different sermon plan. We were in a Money Talk series, and uh, as the days unfolded and more and more information was flooded into our living rooms, through our televisions, uh, just kept coming back to God. God, what is it that we need to hear right now? What is it that we need to focus on? And there's a couple things that I want to talk to us about today. I would say if I were to theme it, uh, today we're going to point out the fears that we potentially could have. We're going to talk about faith, and then we're going to talk about our follow-through. We're going to talk about fear, we're going to talk about faith, and we're going to talk about our follow-through. And I just want to be helpful right now. And one of the ways that I feel like I can be helpful is to begin by saying this. Um, there's some nonsense that I believe, some garbage that, uh, you know, sometimes I'm probably on Facebook more than I need to be, and I'm like, oh, man, I wish you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. I mean, because of the stupid things that people say in these moments and how much damage I think it has a tendency to do. And one example would be, you know, the churches that are canceling and the churches that aren't gathering, like, they're, they're not people of faith. And I'm like, time out, time out. Um, I want to let you know that it was one of the hardest decisions that I've ever made in my leadership career and ministry of whether or not we were going to meet this morning. And it had nothing to do with fear. It had everything to do with wanting to participate as a church in an overall larger effort to try to minimize this virus spreading. And for what it's worth, in the coming weeks, we will likely um, make the decision to go move our church. Let me be clear about something. You can't cancel church. We all get this. We can't cancel the ecclesia of Jesus. We can't cancel the movement of God. What we would do is we would do church differently. And we've done this before in the past as a church. 
and we would start to gather online and gather in each other's living rooms and host watch parties, but I'm going to like hold, hold that trigger for now. But I want to make sure that we understand it's like the churches and leaders, because I've got a lot of friends who are in ministry and I've been talking and praying with them all week. And those guys may have a really hard decision to, to say, you know what, we're not going to gather together. And for what it's worth, can I just encourage you, like this is just a personal moment between me and you. Um, would you pray for the Christian leaders uh, in our city, in our nation, would you would you pray for them? Because we are in a dilemma right now that I don't think we would have ever could have ever predicted. And here's why: we are witnessing and experiencing one of the craziest moments that we've ever experienced, likely in our society. And cancellation after cancellation, and what's going to happen next? And what is it? And you know, sometimes it's not even the fear of the virus; it's just all the change that's happening rapidly that's affecting our day-to-day lives. And as a leader, as a Christian leader specifically, and as a pastor, I would tell you, more than ever, I want the church to be open. Like more than ever, I want, I want this to be a place of refuge. More than ever, I want this to be a place where people can, can come and feel the presence of God and hear from God and ask God and feel the presence and encouragement of one another. God, what is it, like, what, what is it you want me to do in this? Like, what is my next step? God, how do I live in wisdom and how do I live? not allow fear to overcome my faith in this season. I want this to be a place where we can do that together. But the, the irony in that is the very thing that I would want to do is the very thing that our government officials and healthcare providers are telling us not to do, encouraging us not to do. It's tough. This is a tough time. Um, my team would tell you, uh, you know, I don't ever want to, be the kind of leader where it's like everybody just looks to me. <laughs> and this has been one of those times where I'm just looking at everybody else, say, hey, what do you think? Like, what do you think? And for what it's worth, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity before we end today to, to write down some thoughts and ideas of how we can best serve one another during this time and serve our community during this time, because I promise you, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> so today, I want to be helpful, as helpful as I can. And I want to talk about fear, and I want to talk about faith, and I want to talk about what it looks like for us to follow through. So uh, I want to begin by uh, talking to you about just the, the polarized statements that I've heard revolving around what we're experiencing right now as a nation and as a society and as a people. And I'll, it'll go from something that's incredibly passive to something that's incredibly like panicked. And let me just share some things that I've heard here recently that'll kind of show you how, how everybody's just all over the place. And it's going to help us, I believe, in our conversation today. I've heard one person say, hey, everybody chill out. It's all political. And right after that, I'll hear a healthcare provider say, tens of thousands of more people will die from this, meaning hundreds of thousands will be in grieving. And where we have a tendency to be like, oh, well, it's not as bad as the flu or whatever. I, as people of God, we've got to be careful because if anybody dies, shouldn't we care? If anybody's grieving over somebody who they've lost that they love, shouldn't we care? After that, I'll hear somebody say, you know what? I'm not shaking hands with anybody, not because of the coronavirus, but because everyone's out of toilet paper. And right after hearing something like that, I'll be on the phone, happened this week, talking to one of our business leaders here that comes to Trace, who owns a business, very successful business. And he said, Aaron, everybody's canceling their orders, everybody. And I'm not a worrying person, but I'm worried. 
And right after that, so I'll hear somebody say, hey, the coronavirus is just a cold. Quit freaking out. Right after that, another healthcare provider would say, the coronavirus is 10 times worse than the flu for some people. I heard uh, someone mention that over the next 9 to 14 months, we're going to see a huge increase in births because everybody's being forced to stay home right now. Do I need to explain it for the kids in the room? <clears throat> and instead of calling them baby boomers, we all call them the corona kids. That's cute. It's clever. Do you know that um, the first case of someone dying in our city uh, just happened a few days ago? Actually, the first person dying in the state of the coronavirus was in our city. And one of the families who comes here to Trey, she's a physician, they know her daughter. So the woman who died, they know her daughter, and her daughter is a teacher for special needs kids. And listen to me, she's being quarantined in her home and not able to meet with anybody right after losing her mom. You see, I think we do ourselves a disservice. I think we do our community a disservice. I think we do God a disservice as people of God when we're too dismissive about this, regardless of where you're at on how bad the virus is or not, it's affecting our community. And we've heard words like global pandemic, words that we've probably never heard before in our lives. We've heard the word national emergency and then cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. And when I heard that the NCAA tournament was gonna to be canceled, I really thought I'd entered hell. God, what have I done? I repent, I don't know what's just happened. It's crazy, it's unpredictable. Emotions are high, false information is everywhere. Can I say it one more time? False information is everywhere. Our economy just took the biggest hit it's taken since the 1980s. Some people are genuinely scared and some people are completely passive. There's panic over here on this side of the spectrum and there's passiveness over here on this side of the spectrum. So where does that put us as people of God, as followers of Jesus? What does God expect of us during these crazy times? Guys, regardless of where you're, where you're at on this emotional spectrum, one thing that I think we can all agree right now is that this is an uncertain time for everyone. That there's just not too many things that are certain right now. And in the midst of this uncertainty, everyone, listen to me, everyone, I think everyone would benefit from a little bit more of God's peace in their life. And I want to read to you a verse. It happens to be probably one of those cliche verses where it's like, oh, of course he's going to say that. He's a pastor, and it's kind of the go-to verse if we're worrying in our life. But can I encourage you to hear this very differently than maybe you've ever heard it before in the past? And it's Paul in Philippians chapter 4 when he's writing to the church in Philippi. He says, do not be anxious about anything. And I think immediately, and I think it's okay to do this sometimes, like, really, Paul? Really? Don't be anxious about anything. And I think Paul would say, well, hold on, hold on a second because I'm going to give you a formula. If you were here many months ago, we talked about this. Hold on a second. I'm telling you not to be anxious, not because it's like a command and you're a lesser than Christian if you do. I'm telling you not to be anxious because, listen to me, you don't have to be. You don't have to be. And so let me show you what this looks like. Paul says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, in other words, letting your needs be known. God, let, these are my needs. I'm letting them be known, and I'm acknowledging that you are in control. I'm letting my needs be known and I'm acknowledging that you're in control through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. God, regardless of the circumstances, watch the process here that will lead us out of our worry. God, regardless of the situation around me, I know that you're, th with thanksgiving, I know that you're good. 
I know that you're good. You are a good God regardless of the situation and circumstances revolving around our life. Paul says, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Now let's pause there for a second. For those of you that are watching online, I know there's going to be hundreds of you that are watching online. Maybe there's somebody that's hearing this and maybe somebody in this room right now. And maybe that is a representative, like a representation of where you're at. Maybe you're a little bit more panicked right now. And maybe when you hear something like this, you would say, that's easy for you to say. It's easy for you to say, Aaron. That's easy for you to read. And maybe there's something that we do. There's sometimes a natural posture that we have that because we know how we feel, we immediately dismiss and say, yeah, but that's not, I can't, I can't have peace right now. I don't, I don't have peace. But that's exactly what Paul is saying. Paul's saying, exactly, it's a peace that you won't understand. In other words, you're telling yourself that you should be panicked right now, or you should be more concerned, or you should be fearful. And God's saying, yeah, but when you feel that peace where it's like, whoa, whoa, what is that? Like, why am I all of a sudden not as worried about this as I thought I would be or should be? Then you need to be open, like, God, I'm well, that's, that's peace that surpasses my understanding. I'm, wel- I'm welcoming that. I'm inviting that into my life. It doesn't need to make sense. And I think this is maybe a season where some of you need to remember that. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. I think that's a big statement for a lot of us right now. I think to a great extent, our minds, maybe even more so right now than our hearts, our minds need to be guarded with the peace of Christ. That your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As people of God, can I remind us that we don't, we don't take our cues from this world uh, because this world will never guide us towards wisdom. And I think you know this, but I think we need to kind of pause and reflect on this. There's going to be a day in the future A day in the future, stay with me. There's going to be a day in the future because this too shall pass. This too shall pass where we get to look back and evaluate how did we handle this? Whether it's three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, you'll get to look back and reflect on your life and you'll get to determine how did I respond to this? Did I react out of fear or did I respond in faith? Did we react out of fear or did we respond in faith? What side do you want to be on? Yeah, me too. I want to be on the side that said, yes, we responded in faith. And because we responded in faith and leveraged our influence during a time of crisis, we were able to help. We were able to be helpful. We were able to point to hope and we were able to pray for healing because we weren't consumed by fear. In a time of uncertainty and instability, we were able to point people during a time where, the, where their lives felt a little bit shaken, that we were able to point to an unshakable God. Let me show you something the writer of Hebrews says that all of us need to heed from today. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, everybody say unshakable. Okay, I'm going to say it again. I want everybody at home to say unshakable. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, unshakable. Shakeable. God is not worried about the coronavirus. He's got this and he's got you. It doesn't mean things won't become difficult, but he's got you. He's got you and he's got this. And if we'll look to him and we don't allow fear to overcome our lives and we allow faith to be the presiding thing in our life as we, cons- as we pursue um, 
and I would say just step in from one day to the next again with all the changes that are happening, I believe we're going to be able to get on the other side of this and look back and be like, you know what? I'm actually proud of how I responded. I'm proud of how my church responded. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devout, is devouring fire. When the circumstances around our life are unpredictable and uncertain, when the ground underneath our feet doesn't feel secure as it once did, I'm reminded that regardless of the situation, we worship an unshakable God. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but when my life feels shaken, whether it's something like a coronavirus or anything else, when my life feels a little bit shaken, like what do we do? What should you do? Like physically, if your legs were literally shaking, what should you do? I think we kneel down. You see, what's interesting about that passage is when the writer of Hebrews says that the way that we please God is through worship. Do you know that almost every time we read and we study about the word of worship throughout the scriptures, it very little, it's not that it doesn't, but very, very few times is it actually referencing singing a song. Most, time, most of the time it's referencing a sacrifice or a posture. And when, the, when our feet and when our circumstances and when the things around us make us feel a little bit more shaken, I think we should find ourselves here. Not a posture that we find ourselves in very often, is it? And guys, as much as I'd hate to admit this, some of us need to be shaken sometimes to be reminded to do this. And so I'm praying, I'm not, a, I'm not that guy, and you'll never hear the theology from this platform that says that God caused this, but I really want God to use it. I want God to use this moment in time to remind us that we don't have as much control as we think we do. That things aren't as predictable as we would hope they are, and as Christians, especially American Christians, we oftentimes get consumed by comfort and complacency and we get wrapped up in the current of the culture that is moving us away from Christ. And it takes something like this to shake you a little bit to remind you that your first commitment is to Christ. And I think this posture is, it's not being more spiritual. I think this posture is probably one of the best postures that we can find ourselves in to worship. God, things are out of our control. I want you to pray with me right now. God, things are out of our control. And sometimes, maybe some of us probably err on this side more than others. Father, that we, we want to be in control. We want to be able to predict what's going to happen. We want to be able to live in comfort. And probably most of us, we'd probably admit that we have allowed comfort to potentially even become an idol in our life. And so, Father, as before we move forward at all, I think maybe a lot of us need to repent. A lot of us need to repent that it's taken something like a virus to remind us that we're not in control. We can't predict the future. There are so many circumstances that are going to be completely, again, out of our control. And so, God, we need to worship an unshakable God. And so, Father, we submit to you once again this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Well, as I mentioned, in my hopes to want to be helpful throughout all of this, um, 
Actually, let me back up. I want to share with you one more passage from Psalm 18. I think in the midst of this time, as we're on our knees and we're worshiping differently and we're submitting to God, maybe in new ways, I think we should, be, we should be reminded of Psalm 18. It says, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, not anything else. My fortress and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me in my place of safety. One of the things that I want to challenge some of you about this morning, and again, in my hopes to be helpful, because I think there's some things that some of us are saying that aren't helpful as people are letting us know that they are fearful a little bit, that they're scared. Sometimes what we have a tendency to do, especially if we think we're spiritual superstars and we've got a little Pharisee in us, and for what it's worth, I think all of us have a little Pharisee inside of us. And I think what we have a tendency to do do is say things like, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got nothing to fear. You've got nothing to be scared about. And listen to me, I don't think that's helpful. I really don't. I think people have plenty of reasons to be scared and worried. The spreading of the virus, the economic ramifications, the adjustments to their life with school cancellations, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And I believe as people of God, we need to be more empathetic with them, with those people who are scared right now. So listen to me. If that's you, if right now you're worried a little bit and you're scared a little bit, listen to me, it doesn't make you a lesser than Christian. It doesn't make you a lesser than Christian. It makes you normal. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't make you immune from that. But, and this is a big but, what Jesus would say and where he would encourage you is this right here. Don't live in fear. Don't live in fear. Why? Because fear is a liar. Fear cripples us. Fear limits the movement that God is trying to accomplish in and through our lives. Fear is a false God. Fear is the opposite of faith, which is why I believe these words from 1 John would be very beneficial to us this morning. John says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Now he transitions, and I think this next thing that he says is important for us moving forward. He says, we love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people that we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. I personally believe that God's hope and God's peace shines the brightest in the midst of fear and anxiety. And through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, God is calling us to be representatives of hope. God is calling us to be extensions of his peace and grace. That's why the Apostle Apostle Paul said, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal. Think about this. God is making his appeal through us. And now is a very unique opportunity for this to happen. God is making his appeal through us. We, We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. You see, right now, I think we're experiencing a pivotal moment in human history where our love can be leveraged to show people that there's a way back to God. Right now, there's going to be a lot of people who probably realize they have drifted. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to come back and they're, they're going to want to hear from God because their life feels a little shaken right now. Right now, there's going to be 
a lot of people, maybe you're watching today and maybe you're tuning in for the first time because there's so many things, there's so many things happening around you that are uncertain that you want to be able to worship an unshakable God. I get it. And I'm right there with you. Guys, as a church, we have a unique opportunity right now to show people that there's a way back to God. Regardless of how their story reads up until today, regardless of how many mistakes that they've had that it may make them feel like they're maybe not even worthy of God's love right now. One of the thing, things that I love about the heart of God is no matter how long we walk in distance, no matter how long we walk in the opposite direction of where God wants us to go, if we will repent, which literally means to turn around, God says he is right there. Just like the father in the parable of the son who ran away, of the prodigal son, when the son came back, the father was waiting and looking out at a distance, and he didn't wait for him to get to the front porch. He ran after him. Right now, we have a unique opportunity to point people back to that kind of heavenly father who loves them regardless of how their story reads up until today. I'm reminded of John 13 when Jesus said, guys, it's gonna be how you love one another. Like you, it's gonna be how you love one another that's going to help people to see that you actually love me and that you're a part of something else, something different than this world is offering. In John 17, Jesus is saying a prayer and he says, how you're unified around the bond of love will actually be one of the most attractive things for people for them to see that a heavenly father loves them and has sent them because he loved them. He sent Jesus because he loves them. In other words, what we do right now, listen to me, what we do right now could make all the difference, all the difference in people coming back to God during a time of crisis, during a time of uncertainty, when their lives feel shaken. I don't know about you, but I want to show people Jesus right now. I want to show people Jesus. I want you to show people Jesus. I want this church to show people Jesus. And what we do right now might be the greatest litmus test that we've ever been given as a church. Right? Many of you, if you've been coming here for a long time, you know our on-mission statement is to leave a trace of God's love everywhere that you go. So will you? Will we? You see, if you were to look at our logo, it actually says it all. Our logo is an action sign, it's a play sign, this idea of action that God is going to call us to action. And then back here, the dash. I wanna get a sweatshirt that just has the dash on it. You, I mean, this little dash right here actually has so much theology in it. You see, when we're six months from today and we're looking back and we're wondering how did we respond to this particular situation? How were we able to act out as God's church? How were we able to, to show people that there's an unshakable God that they can come to in a time of uncertainty? We will look back and this dash is exactly what this means. We will leave a trace behind us. All of us are leaving a trace behind us. It's either going to be leveraged to point people in the direction of their Heavenly Father, or maybe it's just going to point to you, depending on how you're li living your life. When we look back as a church at this dash that we're leaving in this moment, right now in this moment, I want this dash to be full of service and sacrifice and love and selflessness and stories of people who said, yeah, those people from Trace Church, they're stupid, they're crazy. They came to my house. They brought me groceries. They did my yard work. I'm going to talk about this here in just a moment. See, as a church, we're given an opportunity right now. We can live in fear if we want. 
You can live in fear if you want. It's your, it's your choice. But God's telling us you don't have to. Not only do you not have to, I don't want you to. I want you to live by faith. I want you to live by faith. And so here are a few things. Here's what I know. I know we can't help everybody. I know we can't help everybody. But we can help somebody. And I believe if we begin by helping one another, uh, maybe it's the best place to start. And so here's just a few things that I'd like for us to do in the coming weeks. First thing that I want to do is this. I want to start a small business directory of people that come to Trace Church. And again, I know a lot of you are going to be watching online. And so if you own a small business, we want you to let us know uh, email us. You can email me personally, aaron.pennington at tracechurch.com and let us know of the small business you own and the services that you provide and where you're located. And as we put together this small business directory, we're going to send that out to everyone. And during a time where a lot of small businesses are going to be struggling, they already are, can we support one another? Can we help one another? We can't help everybody. We get this, right? We can't help everybody but we can begin by helping one another. I'm not saying we're just going to help one another, but we can begin by helping one another. So if you own a small business, let us know what it is, and we're going to put a directory together and send that out to everybody. The second thing I want us to do is I want us to take food to our elderly members. Um, we're going to give more specifics. Please stay tuned to like your email communications. If you haven't downloaded the app, download the app because that's the best way for us to communicate with you. And we're going to figure out like who is in that at-risk zone and we're going to make sure that we're providing for them. They, they don't have to leave their homes, that we can uh, get groceries for them. We can bring them whatever they need. And so we're going to get a list of that. And my, my guess is that this will go outside of our church as well. Uh, we've got several people that are already sending us where it's like, hey, I know of a family, I know of some people. And so we're compiling that list, and we're going to continue that. The third thing that I'd like for us to do is to provide online Bible teaching. Now, hear me out. Uh, we have not pulled the trigger on this yet, but there's a really, really good chance uh, that we will not gather together in the coming weeks. I don't know for how long. Um, again, we're trying to heed the wisdom and advice of healthcare professionals as well as our government officials. And so uh, with that being said, we're talking about all the different platforms that we can use to make sure that we get, give you incredible Bible teaching and that we're, uh, I've got our children's team, Trace Kids team right now is putting together some ways for you to talk with your children about how even in this, in this time of... Um, Social spacing, what do they call it? Help me out. Social distancing, is that it? Yeah, in this time of social distancing, that doesn't mean, listen to me, that does not mean social isolation. Everybody got that? Social distancing does not mean social isolation. And so we want to help resource, help resource you with ways that you can talk to your kids about this as well. Number four, I want to help with families uh, who are relying on school lunch. Um, my guess is I'll probably send out some information this week where it's like, hey, here's a list of foods that we would like for you to bring. And our docks over there that have the garage doors that we can lift up and down will probably become a food pantry over the next several weeks. And so uh, we're going to encourage you to bring uh, whatever food, food, the food list that we put together. Number five, uh, continue to meet in groups. Now, this is where I'm not going to say, hey, we, we are... Not that I would ever command you to do anything, but it's like we're not commanding you to do this because we know some people don't even want to meet in groups larger than 10 people. Uh, but for what it's worth, I would still encourage you to meet with your groups, your rooted group, your small group, uh, your serving group, whatever that looks like, to continue to have biblical community with one another. Again, do your due diligence. If you know you're sick, stay at home. Um, if you know your immune system is compromised, stay at home. We're not asking anybody, like, again, it's not like, I'm going to live by faith and I'm going to go out and, no, don't be stupid. 
Um, we got to be wise here and make wise decisions. The last thing would be this. Uh, many of you have seen that trailer outside. Um, we're going to make it a serve trailer. And so that green trailer is going to be filled with a lot of tools like lawnmowers and weed eaters and shovels and rakes and a lot of other things that we're going to be able to use to go and serve people during this time. Uh, we're coming up in the middle of spring. Grass is going to start to grow, if, it, if that's even possible in Colorado. Um, and we're going to start to do people's yards. We're going to start you know, doing things for them, again, especially our elderly population. Now, let me be clear. We don't have any of that stuff yet. And so we need you to bring rakes and shovels and post hole diggers and weed eaters and a couple lawnmowers. And so I'm going to send that list out as well. And if you're willing to partner with us to help us to fill that trailer through ser with serving supplies of how we can go and serve people and take care of their yard work, uh, then we're going to encourage you to do that. Uh, I'm actually, there's a part of me, if I can be completely transparent, there's a part of me that's actually excited. Obviously, my heart is broken over what's happening in our country, but there's a part of me that is excited because my kids who already see and don't even like, like how, how is my little 11-year-old, 9-year-old, and 6-year-old, and 3-year-old translating this? And they want to help. They want to help. And so I want to go do some yard work, and I want to bring my kids with me, and I want to show them, right? The best way to point to Jesus is to show them Jesus. And so through our serving other people and being selfless and setting aside our own agenda and just wanting to be available to point people to Jesus through how we're living, I'm excited for what our kids are going to get to see, what our community <clears throat> communities are going to get to see, what our neighbors are going to get to see because we're willing to allow our lives to be available during a time of need. And so I'm going to pray for us right now, and then I'm going to uh, lead us into a time of response. And uh, guys, this is... Uh, actually, let me pray, and then I'll set that up. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for today. God, thanks for giving us the opportunity to worship together. And we know this may look different in the coming weeks and remind us that this building is not your church, God, that we are your church. And Father, right now, we want to represent your church probably more so than we ever have. And so, Father, we want to be available. We want to serve you. We want to show people Jesus through how we're living our lives. And so, uh, God, I pray that we, we leverage this opportunity in time to make your son more famous. And so, uh, God, I pray that you would partner with us, show us what that looks like for us, and uh, Lord, I do pray, God, we pray for a miracle. God, we pray for a vaccine to be made and be put together exponentially faster than has ever been put together before in the past. Father, we pray for the lives of those that will be infected by this virus, that their bodies would with, be able to withstand the virus, that it would be able to build up immunities against it. And unfortunately, God, for those that will be lost, that the church would rise up and would offer grief counseling that would offer love and compassion and care for the families who are going to lose loved ones through this virus. And God, ultimately that your name would be become known that you would be seen as the unshakable God during a time where things feel a little bit shaky. And so God, we submit all these things to you in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Okay. Um, as we respond today, a couple things. If you're watching online, and you have a prayer request, feel free to actually write it out on the post uh, from the video that you're watching right now. Feel free to submit your prayer request that way. Uh, for those of us in this room, we're going to have an opportunity to experience communion right now, but we're going to do that differently than we've done before in the past. Over on the tables, if you want to do this, and let me take some time here, okay? Let me take some time here. If you don't want to do communion today, it doesn't make you less holy. Okay, do we get this? If you decide not to participate in communion today, it doesn't make you less holy. 
and for what it's worth, um, just based on our background, the kind of church we are, you can do this in your home. If you want to take a cracker or a piece of bread and some juice and celebrate with communion later, there's nothing, nothing different about you doing it there or you doing it here. I'm not over there doing this to the communion you know, cup, so I'm not doing that. We believe that it's, it's what it represents that's the most important. And so uh, we would encourage you that if you don't do it here to do it in your home, maybe with your family. But if you want to do it today, it will be done differently. Uh, instead of taking the crackers and dipping it in the cups of juice, uh, we've got little uh, cups that have a little seal on the top of them. And underneath the seal is a, is a little wafer. Um, and you can grab that and bring it back to your seat and take it whenever you're ready to do that. That's between you and the Lord. And we would encourage you uh, to do that if you feel led. Some of you need to go back and write out a prayer request. And we've got two tables in the back uh, for you to do that. If you have somebody you want to pray for, something specifically you want to pray for, if you happen to be one of those people that's living in with a little bit more fear right now uh, and you want to let that be known, let us, let us know. We want to pray for you. And by the way, throughout this process, throughout this season of trying to navigate through the coronavirus, if you want to let a prayer request be known, like email us, let us know. Uh, we want to pray for you. I promise you we want to be here for you in every way that we can. For some of us, um, this is an opportunity for us to kind of just think, God, what is it you want me to do? Like, what is, what is me being more available look like? Is there a neighbor you know that's elderly that nobody else might be thinking about right now that you could be available for and help get some groceries for? I, I don't know. I don't know. But God knows. And I just ask that you would you'd seek the Lord's wisdom out on what that looks like for you personally. So I'm going to pray for us. And however you feel led to respond, I would encourage you to respond. Um, if for whatever reason you're here today and you've never given your life over to Jesus and you've been hearing this terminology like, I want to worship an unshakable God. I want to give my life. I, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe he made a way for me to be forgiven through the cross and that with his body that was given for you on the cross that was broken, his blood that was spilled, allowed for the forgiveness of your sins. Like maybe that's a decision you've never made before and you're ready to make that today. Um, let let us know. We want to talk to you about that. It's the most important decision you ever make in your life. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to respond. Father, collectively and corporately, there's some things that we can do as a church, and we're going to continue to unfold what that looks like. But individually, I think there's some things that you're calling us to do specifically. And so, Father, I pray that right now we're just, we're giving you the space, and we're giving you the leadership of our life to point us in the direction of where you want us to go and what it is you want us to do. And so, God, we invite you into this moment. God, would you speak to us? Would you continue to allow faith to, to, over, to overcover, to, to cover over the fear in our life? And so, God, we invite you into this moment. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Feel free to respond.